Hey everyone, my name is Maddie. Ever since I was a kid, I loved public speaking and writing for fun. It gave me an outlet to discuss exactly what was on my mind without judgment. However, as I got older, I started realizing the importance of fully being yourself. Rather than keeping a journal of all my thoughts, the Mad Tea Talk is raw and honest, coming forward about life's challenges. This show is all about loving, accepting, and improving yourself. From wide ranges of self-reflection, growth, friendships, and relationships, all topics are discussed in a motivating yet honest light. Thank you to all who listen, as I am so thankful for the support you have given me. And if you're new to the Mad Tea Talk, it is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Amazon podcasts, with every episode available Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Enjoy. This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deluxe Edition. I am your host, Casey Shearer, and with me once again, Ray, the podcaster. What's going on over there, Casey? Hey, not too much, Ray. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. You know what we just did? Yeah, I do. Interviewed one of the sexiest celebrities of the 1980s. Yeah, Jane she was. Adler. Yeah, and she was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, once again, great interview, man. Awesome oh. job. Yeah, you killed it, man, as always. Thank you, sir. If anyone isn't familiar with Jane, she was the very sexy but very evil <laughs> Diana on V, the miniseries, and then uh, V, the complete series, I, I guess is the proper title for it. Uh, she was also in Mission Impossible, the remake back in the 80s, television movie The Covenant before moving to Australia. And uh, we get into all that. And she yep. has a new movie out, just came out on Amazon Prime called Surrogate. Great timing right before Halloween. It's an excellent horror movie. Oh, yeah. If you're a horror movie junkie like me, <clears throat> you need to jump on this thing because it's, it's good and it should have been in the theaters, but this world is stupid. This would have been huge in the theaters for Halloween. Yeah. Well, talking to Jane, uh, you know, this, this film was made in uh, Australia, so things are a little different over in Australia, as we'll find out. So let's get into the interview. Uh, just the plugs very quickly here. Let's see. We are part of the deluxe edition network and the podcast of the month this month is metalhead journeys they're a metal podcast uh they talk about uh mainly the metal genre of music and we can be found at deluxeeditionnetwork.com we are also on instagram and twitter at deluxe edition pod you can find all of our past shows over at deluxeedition.show uh, we have t-shirts and merch over at whatamaneuver.net slash collection slash deluxe dash edition. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash deluxe edition, or you can join our YouTube channel for exclusive perks. And uh, there it's all listed on the YouTube join channel. So yeah. uh, Ray, your plugs. You, well, you, can, you, you know what else you can do to help out the deluxe edition? You can go over to Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to and give us a review. I'm not even asking for a five-star review. I'm just asking for a review. Or come find us on Facebook or Instagram or wherever 
and make a comment or like something because it does make a difference for us in the uh, algorithms. So we super appreciate that stuff, and it, it really ain't costing you nothing to do that. So if you could do that, I I would super appreciate it. So yeah, and your plugs, Ray? That is my plugs today. <laughs> You're at the Ten Cent Beer Night podcast. Yes, I am also the host of the Ten Cent Beer Night podcast. Yeah, and uh, speaking of algorithms and comments, real quick before we get into the Jane Badler uh, interview, this made my day the other day. We got a comment on our Gary Davis on the YouTube video uh, on the channel, the YouTube channel from Bubba Blackwell. Dude, and if you don't know who Bubba Blackwell is, Google it. It's that was fun. It made my fucking day. It really yeah, did when I got that, that alert. <laughs> that was cool, man. Yeah. When really when cool. when the daredevil comments on the stunt man, that's fucking cool. Yeah, really fucking cool. All right, here's our interview with Jane Badler. Let's do it. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. No, I'm okay for about an hour. I've just got my huh. my in-law's breakfast birthday breakfast. Can you believe it? He's <laughs> sure. 92, 92 years old. <laughs> wow, you're in Australia right now, right? That's where I live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What time is it there? Um, eight in the morning. Oh wow, <laughs> we're uh, we're recording at six. So it's six p.m. where we are. No, I know, I know, I know the times very well in America. That's something I uh, got my son there, so I'm very aware of all the time differences. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's something that we wanted to talk about. So since we're talking about it now, uh, mm-hmm. Australia. What you you went to Australia after Mission Impossible, right? I did. Can you believe it? Thirty two years ago, and my agent hasn't spoken to me since. What? No, we wouldn't speak to me after I moved. Well, that's messed up. Does, I know, because did, I was doing very well, and he just didn't understand why I would sort of walk away from that, you know? Yeah, but doesn't he understand that there's, like, these big things that fly through the sky and can bring you back to L.A. to make movies? Do you want to know something? 30 years ago, it was very different. Really? Like that, like that now, but it wasn't like that then. Like, <laughs> then you had to be in the country to work. Now everyone's got Zoom, and everyone's got... We tape auditions, but at that time you had to be in the room. You couldn't audition on a Zoom or on a, you know, so it's very different now. Wow. I know. Well, sticking sticking with uh, Australia, your new movie. Let's let's talk about yeah. your new movie, Surrogate. Yeah. Well, I've, I shot um, three movies in the last couple of years, and um, Surrogate was probably actually the smallest of the three films. You know, the, the other one was Free Fall which um, is now on, I think, Hulu. And um, and this one was like a little Aussie film that um, the most beautiful director, and he asked me to be in it, and I thought, my agent said, oh, if you want to be in it, I said, okay, I'll be in it. It's an amazing star, Kesti Morassi, who was in Wolf Creek, an extraordinary actress. And so I just went, okay. I, and I played a part that I don't normally play, which was kind of good for me, a social worker. You know, very plain. They had me no makeup and browns. You know, I was going, ah, you know, because I like to be glamorous. But it was good for me to do a role like that. And um, it was actually really fulfilling, you know, to play, you know, a woman that really thinks that there's child abuse going on and she's there to kind of investigate what's going on. Of course, we know maybe it's child abuse and maybe it's not. This is yeah. a horror film after all. <laughs> yeah, great, great movie. We, uh, oh, yeah. Ray and I just both recently watched it. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wonderful movie. Yeah. I actually got, I, I, I was talking to Ray off air about it. I actually got chills at one point watching it. I was like, wow, this is. I know. Yeah. How, 
what a great job this guy did. I mean, the investor was, um, he's from, uh, he's like a Indonesian investor who had invested in other films. This was his biggest film that he'd ever invested in. He completely left the director alone to do whatever he wanted. And um, this was the director's first feature, hmm. but the, the script was very strong. And I think that, you know, he did a great job. I'm, I'm really like, I'm sure he'll be doing other things. Oh yeah. Like the, 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 the story's amazing, but yeah. what separates this from B movie status to what I think is going to be a top 10 horror movie for 2022, I think is that good. Um, is the acting. There's not any bad B movie acting in this thing whatsoever. It's a, it's really good. How good he got the best actors. Like a lot of those actors are theater actors. Like I know them cause I've seen them in a lot of theater yeah. and he really put together like a cast of actor actors, you know? Yeah. It so, makes a big difference. It really does. Especially in horror. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I'm so, I'm so happy that it's doing so well for him. you know, like the reviews oh, yeah. have been amazing. We're on Amazon prime now. Now we're in the UK on Amazon prime. I mean, it's been like, Wow, yeah, this little film. <laughs> it's at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I just looked uh, earlier today. It's it's really good. I mean, how amazing is that really when you think about it? Like you do these films that are so much more money with biggest star, huge stars, you know, and then suddenly like nothing happens, they fall, and then you do this little film and it's like people love it. So you yeah, never right. know. I compare it to like, uh, there's a lot of stuff from the 70s that didn't have big budgets that are just great, like The Exorcist yeah. or even like, North Dallas 40 doesn't have a big budget, but those are yeah. fantastic movies because of the acting makes yeah, a huge totally. difference. Yeah. Uh, do, have you had an actual chance to sit down in a dark room with a bucket of popcorn and watch this thing from start to finish yet? Oh yeah. I've watched it like three times now. As a matter of fact, I did a couple of Q and A's in the last one. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I just have to come at the end. I can't watch this again <laughs> <laughs> because like it's, you know, it's scary. It's hard to, you know, I mean, horror films are great, but three times I go, okay, I do like this film, but you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, we had a few weeks of screening here in, in Australia. It went so well that we just kept adding more dates. Do you like doing horror films? You know, I, I do in that. I think I like the fact that I get to play these weird characters, like not so much. This film was more of a normal character, but in the last two horror films that I did um, in free fall, I was like a, a, a maid that had ties with the devil, a housekeeper. And then in the one that is now being finished, I played a witch with powers. And so <laughs> like, that's so much fun to play. That's, uh, yeah. That's similar to uh 1985's the covenant. You had some powers in that movie too. I did. And yeah. I did. This is a very, this is a very different sort of role. Cause I'm, you know, I do unspeakable things. I shouldn't <laughs> say that because you haven't seen the film. We'll wait. But I'm really proud of all the films I've done. I think this new one, Trim Season, I'm so, so proud of, you know. So hopefully um, that will also create a nice buzz, you know. Yeah. And when when does that come out? Well, we're just finishing post now. And a matter of fact, they just sent me a copy. Like, And I've been wait- I came, like chomping at the bit, as they say, to, um, to watch it. Um, and it's got like really cool cast, like five young women who are um, all working actresses that work a lot. Um, the lead is incredible. She's a black, young black actress. And um, yeah, I think the director's young. She's a 30 year old, um, very kind of happening young director. So 
I guess we'll just see where it, you never know whether you get into a big festival or whether they're going to, the theaters are going to buy it. You're at that point where you don't, because I was also one of the producers and helped with the script. So I have a lot, a lot of, you know, I really want this film to do well. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about Freefall. I, I haven't heard about, I haven't seen this one yet. Yeah. Freefall is with um, uh, Sean Ashmore, who was in uh, the X-Men films and a girl named Andrea Londo, who was in Narcos. They play the leads, and then I'm the third lead. And it's kind of like an exorcism movie. Um, it's beautifully shot. We shot it in L.A. And, um, yeah, it was released finally. They released it, and it's been on Hulu, and I don't know. It was I think it was in theaters for a while, too. You know, but it's really hard. You know what? I don't know if you guys understand about feature films it's a hard thing to kind of really get the buzz. And, you know, every once in a while, one film will get a buzz. And how do you hear about all the films out there? Do you know? Oh, yeah. There's so, there's so, <laughs> yeah. so many. So many. I know. So many. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, that was great to do, though, because it was kind of my first film back uh, in a long time in America working. So that was good to do for me. Great. Uh, one film uh, that I did see of yours recently in the last few years is uh, 2047, The Virtual Revolution. Oh, my God. What about that film? That was a good one, right? Yeah, yeah that was good. How, how, what a vision that director had. Right. I mean, when I read the script, I went, like, what's going on here? Like, what? <laughs> I had to, like, read it, like, five times. Because <laughs> he, he was very ahead of his time. And I really believe if he'd had a bigger budget and they were, I mean, it was, it was such an extraordinary idea that the game becomes the reality, that the yeah. game becomes the real world and that the people watching it are not the real people. Like it, you know, you didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And I thought right. that was extraordinary. It's a, you know, it's funny because uh, the lead in that movie reminded me of like, uh, like a Harrison Ford type. I know he was incredible, Mike Dupad, and he uh, lives in L.A. and he works a lot. He was he was fantastic. I loved him. We had a very nice rapport, and um, yeah, I mean, I had when I did that film, I had just gotten off the plane from Australia to France, and something happened on my in my back on the plane, and I was in excruciating pain when I arrived, and I was on like painkillers and. You can see, like, you know, my everything was shot in one day. All of my scenes were shot in one day. And, like, so I basically had one huge monologue. And I was like this. And I, in the middle of it, it was all these lights, like, beaming on me. And I was, like, kept going like this. I kept thinking, I can't remember one word, not one word. It was like. So, so did you do the thing, what all actors do, where you just went like this, went, and then just went and filmed? I don't know. I was sweating. I was literally dripping. I was so worried. And the lights were blaring and I had a backache and I was like jet lag. I, I don't know if I did. And I think director like, finally started losing his cool with me. <laughs> Jay, we've got, we have our own, you've got to get it together. You know? Well, you did a great job in it. Yeah, thank you. It does, I mean, it, you, you pulled it off. I pulled it off. I, did, I don't know how. I said, please, God, please, someone help me. 
Yeah. All I kept thinking about when I was watching that is the uh, the metaverse, right? Isn't that like sort of yeah. like uh, what's it, the guy well, that runs uh, Facebook? Well, it's a lot like uh, Ready Player One without the gigantic budget. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Like, they had a lot more money to throw around in that movie, and I think this movie, if they had more money to throw around, would have been right there at the same level. I agree. I mean, it's just so hard when you don't have the special effects and you don't have yeah. the money behind you. And he tried to get the series. He had an amazing idea for a series. He tried to get that going. He tried to get the next film. But he was I think he was in L.A. for the last, I don't know how long he's been there. I don't even know what's happened to him. But anyway. He could be a homeless guy at this point for all you know, huh? I, oh, who knows? God. <laughs> L.A. <laughs> L.A. I mean, we know. L.A. is not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's another subject, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just, uh, I was just there. Actually, yeah. Mark says hello. By the way, I was just uh, with Mark the other day. <laughs> I love Mark. Yeah. Really- do you have any? Do you have any good uh, Mark Singer stories for us? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mark's like super protective. He's like a cool. Yeah. He's a cool dude. You know, <laughs> I literally had not seen Mark. We did that. Um, we did one of those comic cons in the South, Atlanta. That's where it was, Atlanta. And I'm not sure how long ago that was, maybe five years ago, before COVID. And I ha- I don't do a lot of them because I'm far away. It's a hassle for me. But this one was a big one. And he was there. It was like a V thing. He was there. And he was really like, you know, like, you know, he was very protective of me. You know, I remember him taking me, taking control. And even when we did our Q&A, you know, and I think that's so sweet because, you know, a lot of men don't do that as much nowadays. You know, the young men, right. even my husband doesn't do that. Well, <laughs> once again, the younger guys have pink beards of glitter in them. So they're not as concerned about whether they open the door for a lady or not anymore. So Exactly. And women are very strong right now. They go, don't you do that. I know how to open that door. <laughs> yeah. You know, excuse me, gender bender. <laughs> that, you know. So it's lovely to have that, you know. Mark's such a lovely gentleman. Yeah. I wish I, you know, when we did the series, I was young, you know, we were, you know, young, of course, I was in my 20s, and I was very oblivious to everything, you know, it was like, suddenly I was in this huge series, and I was a little bit, like, in my role, you know, feeling the Diana thing happening, and I think I was just oblivious to how lovely Mark was, I didn't really get to know him, he was on the opposing team, and probably worked together, and I didn't really, like, get to know him the way now I would want to really get to know who my yeah. co-stars were, you know? Yeah, I yeah. can tell you, you made Merv Griffin very uncomfortable when uh, the kiss came up between the two of you, and he was like, because uh, I saw the interview, and Merv realized that, that Mark was married at the time, and he became really uncomfortable during that interview, and hey, you were you were just playing with him. <laughs> you were just like... Is that we did on camera? Yeah, it was actually on the Merv Griffin show. You were being interviewed about V... Right. And uh, he brought up the scene where you kissed Mark. And uh, he's like, that's pretty good, right? Mark's a good looking guy. And you were like, yeah, kissing was really good. And then someone off stage says, Psst, Mark's married. And you can see his face being like, uh, get her on the phone. Jesus. <laughs> I've got to find that. That's it's on YouTube. You can hop on YouTube and find it. It's, it's, it's brilliant. You're just like, you play it off so fantastically. It's amazing. Boy, have times changed. Like, who cares if you're married? You know, you know, people are, people are on camera doing all sorts of things these days. You know, yeah. 
And it was just a kiss on camera. And Merv is freaking out because he brought it up and asked you if you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I enjoyed it. No, I love to see my close you kidding? I don't get yeah. to do that much anymore. Damn. <laughs> What what is the scene like? So is the scene the scene is completely different in in Australia, right? The acting scene. Do they have like a like a Hollywood type place? Um, no, they don't. I mean, as you know, there's a lot of amazing actors that leave. You know, like you know Thor. You know what's his name? Thor Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Margot Robbie and on it goes. But here, there's definitely a ceiling. You know, there's just so far that your career can go here. I mean, you can be the biggest name here, but the money is not the same. The treatment of actors is different. You know, there's none of that Hollywood glamour, <laughs> you know, with the trailers and this and that. And you, it's raining and the umbrella goes up to shield you, you know, like all of that fabulous stuff that actors get in America. <laughs> there's none of that here. So you can just roll into a grocery store and buy stuff and nobody bothers you then, huh? Are you kidding me? I'm like the best kept secret in this country. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, it's so hard for me to get work here. You have no idea. Really? I knew I was in trouble when my agent called me and said, would I audition for like a laxative commercial, right? <laughs> I said, excuse me? This was like literally six months ago. And the money was like the money a newcomer would get. And I huh. said, are you? kidding me you're asking me to do this you know like this is like humiliating you know because hmm. i just think that you know there comes a point where you go i'm, I'm done with this you know if this is where this is what australia is offering me you know yeah. and that's why i have to go to america and work but well, once again though your singing career took off in australia because you have the three albums exactly i hmm. spent a lot of years doing that are you yeah. going to do another album I, you know, you never say never, but for me, it's all about the material. And recently I worked with one of the great producers. I did a song, um, you know, my son passed away, as you know, mm -hmm. and I did a song that I dedicated to him that, and I hadn't been in a studio for years. Like literally I had no desire to sing it in a studio. And there was a song called one love that he had written a demo. And so I, we, we got a producer named Fernando Garibay, who's worked with Lady Gaga and Sia. He's one of the great producers. He is incredible. And he worked on the song and we wrote the bridge because it hadn't been done yet. And he, I'm singing on that song. And after that experience, I just thought, how can I go back to a, go in a studio and not have that same experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. That was so, the way he worked with my vocals and when you hear it, it's got such a contemporary sound to it. My vocals, mm -hmm. they sound like they could be like anyone on the radio. Like, oh, where, absolutely. Where, you know, but, but that happens with these kind of producers. It's a very different way of, of, of a sound for your voice. Yeah. So for me, just to do an album, to do an album, you know, I'd have to do something that really, for me, was wow. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, who did the arrangement on your cover of uh, Can't Get You Out of My Head? Because oh. your version on that's amazing. And when you pair it with the video, it's so good. How, so oh, good. The Kylie, is that the Kylie that's song? A, yeah, that's yeah. the Kylie song. It, oh. the, the, the video the for that's great. amazing. It's perfect. How amazing is that? I mean, I get chills thinking about it. Who, who, did the, who did the arrangement, though, that changed it to make it sound like that? 
that, that's a really interesting story. Jeff Bova is a Grammy award-winning producer who lives in LA. He did my third album, third album, which is called Opus. He did that song. That song, I was working in a band and I had the, one of the musicians had the idea. He said, why don't we take Kylie's song and slow it down? Because everything I was doing was very dark, you know, and to take this mm-hmm. kind of tempo pop song and make it like an obsessive woman who actually was absolutely destroyed by this man who kind of was cut off in a relationship. And so she was like, really going to fuck him over, like follow him, go to the ends of the earth to guide you know, and so it was kind of became this twisted revenge, weird song. And then I took it to Jeff Bova and he did the arrangement. And then this incredible guy in LA, he did my music video, Lo- uh, Losing You as well. That if you check out, you'll blow your mind. He did yeah, that's another good one. He did that one as well. Oh, that and, makes sense. And he also did the one called Black Silk Stockings, which was me sort of with these two famous drag queens where I'm like, injecting all these different Botoxes into my face to stay young. And they're like, they're like the assistants on the side dressed in drag. And it never did that well, but I thought it was fantastic. Once again, fantastic video. You know, videos are amazing. Yeah. So I'm very, very particular about what I do. And so for me to just do something, you know, I'd, I'd have to kind of be aligned with an amazing songwriter, or maybe I'd be doing some new covers with an incredible, you know what I mean? So it's hard. Yeah. I get mm. that. Yeah. So how does that tie in? Do you do you like doing the the music videos better than the acting? Like better than uh, like doing something like V or Surrogate? You know. You know, I absolutely love doing music videos because I ha- I think what I am is I'm an actress who loves fantasy. That's the truth. I, I don't really. I probably am not that enamored with playing like, you know, a rape victim or a mother of a child with Down syndrome. You know, I'm just bringing that up. It just came to my head. (laughs) I mean, I I think those roles are too real. Like I'm playing real people and I find it really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) If I play play fantasy characters, then I feel this sense of power and empowerment. And I can go into these worlds where I'm powerful. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what So with the music videos, I have these little tiny days where I can just fantasize and it's, it's over in a day or two days and it's super fun. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, what's the scariest thing you've ever encountered in Australia? Cause there's some awful monster spiders and bugs there. (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) Honestly, my girlfriend wants me to visit her. She has a house three hours away and and she said there's snakes i went i'm not coming sorry <laughs> too many snakes uh-uh sorry and so i think the scariest thing that ever happened to me was i had just moved here literally i was staying in my husband's little bachelor pad because we weren't married at that point and i he went to work and i walked went to the door to open it and on the door was a spider i am not kidding this big this big uh, you can imagine the screaming that came out of my mouth right and i went and got one of those bug sprays and i literally sprayed and sprayed and sprayed until the entire can was empty and the whole spider was white, it was white. and it still was moving and he, and he basically just lit a cigarette and just stared at you he still moved so i ran out the door i screamed and ran out the door 
<laughs> and yet you still uh, stayed in Australia. Yeah. And I'm still here, but <laughs> I hate the spiders and snakes here. Oh. <laughs> Are you glad that you moved to Australia? Are you happy in Australia? Yeah, it's like I think life's such a journey, as you all, as you both probably know. It sort of takes you. It's not just about an acting career or about a singing career. It's about a life career, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's about how do I make the most of my time on this planet? What lessons can I learn that are going to evolve me to another level of humanity? You know, that's my thing in life. And I think by moving here, I had so many challenges in my life that have propelled me into new and challenging things that I think I'm really grateful. If I stayed in one place, who knows, I would have maybe married an agent and uh, kept doing bad television. I don't know. You know, I don't want to say that, but yeah. what a journey I've been on. Yeah. You could have married five other actors and been divorced five times too. Exactly. You know, so, you know, I've had a great, I've had a really amazing life. Yeah. It's been, what, 40 years now since V, right? Yeah, God, it sure has. <laughs> Do you ever get sick of talking about it 40 years later? Never, ever. And actually, what I'm doing now is I'm writing my memoir. <laughs> and um, and I just wrote a scene about V. I just wrote about that period of my life. And it was so much fun to relive how that all happened and what happened and my thought process during that period of when I got V, how I got V, and the whole thing. How did you get V? <laughs> well, I was doing The Doctors, the soap opera, and okay. I was I was working with Alec Baldwin, who's had a bit of publicity of late. And, um, and we were, um, you know, we played these kind of, like, I mean, he was so adorable in those days. I mean, oh, my God, I had such a crush on him. And he did not have a crush on me, which was sad. But we were, like, always, like, pushing each other in the scenes. And he was, you know, hated me in the scenes. And I remember, like, acting. And all of a sudden, I got, like, this message from my agent. Oh, you got this audition for a new miniseries. They can't cast this role. And she said, you got to go out to L.A. So, you know, in those days, everything was first class. You know, they put you at first class. And it was so nice. So I'm reading the script and I go, oh, it's only like four scenes. It was not like a big role in that first mini series, you know, like four or five scenes. And I'm going, yeah, it's okay. It's not a very big role, but, you know, this is a huge opportunity, big mini series. And they had already started filming and had to stop because Dominique Dunn, one of the leads, had been murdered by her husband or boyfriend. Yeah, the boyfriend murder. Yeah, yeah he had the, the famous writer father, you know. Yep. So I went out and um, and I went into this hotel room and there were like 10 people and the, and Kenneth Johnson was there. And I didn't even stay very long, you know. And I went back to my hotel room. I was so depressed. I thought, oh, they didn't even keep me there very long. And then I got like a little note slipped under the door and it said, don't leave town. And I remember dancing <laughs> and quarreling in my bedroom. Right my, my, don't leave town. Oh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next morning, that was it. Prosthetics and fast, fast, fast. Hmm. And the rest is kind of history, you know. This role became like enormous. Like it was just like the perfect magic of me with the role with Ken Johnson. It was like just one of those extraordinary things. Yeah, the guinea pig scene. I, I, you know, that's one of those things that uh, you see because uh, you know we were young men at that time and yeah. you were a very attractive woman and now we have to deal with you eating a guinea pig 
<laughs> so we're trying to balance that out in our lives. And those special effects are pretty good for the time. Yeah. And how sexy was that film? I mean, oh my God, I'm watching it. And there I am. I was pretty gorgeous, you know, in my twenties and I'm kind of taking this big fat you know, guinea pig and going like this. And then they had like those, those tubings that were in my foot, almost like, it's almost like sexual something happening. And I'm going, you know, it's like this kind of yeah. thing. I mean, it was like so clever that it wasn't sex. It wasn't anything like that, but yet it was probably more sexy than anything, you know? Oh, absolutely. I know. <laughs> it was so insane, you know? And I remember at the time it took three days to film. And I kept going, what is this scene? Like with men and prosthetics and their tubes and oh my God. Because now they just would do one second of DXR or whatever, you know, and go, Poof, yeah. and there it is. <laughs> this is like, you know, it was crazy. It's uh, it's much better than the remake version with the eating because I I love practical effects. And yeah. that's practical effects, and that's amazing. And it's it's easy to cheat now with the green screens and everything they can do. So yeah. it it, it kind of takes a lot away from the special effects guys who worked really hard on that scene. They worked really hard, and you know it's funny you say that because when I went back and did the new the new V the remake because I was on that for a season, um, I hadn't been back to America since I'd left, you know, acting and acting in anything acting. And that was in 2010, I think, or maybe 2012. I can't remember. And I could not believe how different, like everyone applauded when I got there. And it was so beautiful to make that sort of reference to me. But wow, it was a whole different world. You know, the way we shot scenes and everything was green screen. Everything that I was in was green screen. How do you feel about the green screens? Like with the acting with other actors, like, were a lot of your scenes without them because of the green screen and stuff? Like I know a lot of actors who are older say, I miss when I was in the room with the other actors. Well, I demanded that like, like my, you know, one of my co-stars who's extraordinary actress, she's had a huge fame since then, beautiful actress. She was, and you know, we do scenes and because of that generation, they're not used to giving you when it's your close up. See, the whole thing is it's when it's your close up. She wasn't giving me anything on my close up. And I'd go, well, wait a minute. When it's your close up, you're crying and screaming. And I'm going, oh, and there's my close up. And you're like this. And I said, <laughs> very, I said, are you very tired? He's like, tired? She said, no. I said, well, hey, might be an old fashioned motion here, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, my girlfriend and I picked that out of uh, a lot of newer films. Like a lot of the actors and actresses now, they have one face that they that they make throughout the entire film. It's like always just this that same look, like you just like you were given. It's like I know, and you know, with these huge huge mega films, you know, these big huge Spidermans and these and that, you know, a lot of these actors, um, you know, they're wonderful actors, but you know, they're being paid millions and millions of dollars. And they have a lifestyle that they want to support. So often, you know, those beautiful indie films or the ones where you really get your acting chops, you know, they're not doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you like doing the independent films better than the the big ones? Well, I've never done one of those big blockbusters, but I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure it's lots of fun, but I'm sure there's an aspect of it that could be slightly soulless. Hmm. You know, I don't well, know. At the time. At the time, V was pretty big, right? I mean, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But that was so different because we didn't have like, you know, we, like you said, it took three days to do that one scene. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. so, I'm so lucky that I was able to, you know, do a big blockbuster at that time. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Now, uh, I, well, I, I don't want to give a lot away here with surrogate, but if they did a big blockbuster part two and they oh. asked you to be in it, would you be interested? Oh, totally. Like, you know, especially if David was directing it, that director, he was incredible. You know, I mean, really, I, I, we'd had, we had rehearsal time. We had, you know, we really cared about the motives of the characters. We really worked on a lot of, you know, deep parts of, of all the characterizations. And it was a fantastic experience. And I think he'd carry that with a big blockbuster. I sure hope that happens for him. Do you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier that Alec Baldwin did not have a crush on you. How is that possible? <laughs> I think every man in America might have <laughs> yeah. had a crush on you in the in the eighties. <laughs> I know. I don't know how it was possible. He liked he, he liked the uh, very um, thin blonde on the show. You know, who was actually quite bland <laughs> compared to me. But that was what he. That's that's who he was um, attracted to. And um, and I did have a. Alec, I don't know if you're watching this, but I, I did have a mad crush on you. Now he's got seven kids, so, you know, I'm sure he has no time to be watching this. <laughs> uh, Jane, we have a few uh, fan questions. You mentioned something about being on the uh, the new V, the, the, the more recent V. I don't know if you you know this or Mark knows this, but you guys got a lot of heat for... They this I'll just read this what this person wrote. Ask her what if any allegiance she has to Kenneth Johnson, the original V saga and its fans, given she readily jumped ship to appear in V two thousand and nine. It's made its it's made a lot of its fans wonder. Oh dear. That's so cute. I love that. I mean, aren't they funny, these fans? It's so funny. They're so, you know. There's so, but you know, I get it. I mean, when I saw the first season of the new V, I thought this is really cool. Like I, I but you know, they, it got worse. The second season went completely destroyed and I get how they could feel that way because a, they were not respectful to the first V. They did not bring in enough of the old characters. Like, you know, they brought me in and did nothing with me. I mean, I should have been Diana. I should have been powerful. Instead. I was, impotent down there in the dungeon and then they brought mark in at the very very end i mean too late sorry i really think if they'd been smarter and brought you know gave me a more interesting storyline brought mark in from the beginning of of that series you know they would have had a hit but they were very um it was a part that they were not respectful of what had appeared before them and i can see how the fans would go my god you know, that makes me angry that you so readily jump ship. But I was thinking by bringing me in was paying respects to the old series. Sure. Yeah. But so I haven't seen the new series. I, I watched the old series. Were you was I know your name was the same, Diana, but were you the same? Was it the same character or no? No. Morena was my character. Morena okay. Baccarat. She played my character and she got to have all the fun. <laughs> and I play her mother, like queen mother. You know, and they put me in a dungeon where I'm kept because she's so afraid of me and my power. She's so afraid that if I leave the dungeon, that I will take over. 
but I am good now. I am not evil anymore. I want, I see the error of my ways and I see that humanity is at stake, but she leaves me in the dungeon and I'll have like one or two scenes and that's it. I'm never able to get out and fight her because I'm the only person who can fight her. So they never get me out of there until the end when she murders me with her lizard tail. And I'm finally out speaking to millions of people that this is going to be the time of freeing humanity. And in comes the tail and I fly up in the air and I'm, and then I say, daughter, you will doom us all. And that's the end of my character. Well, yeah, I think they really dropped, they definitely dropped the ball on that. They did. You gotta check out this death scene. It's on YouTube. That's good. The death scene's good. It really was a good scene. I have to say that was a very good scene. I heard that I heard that uh Kenneth Johnson is in in the works for a new V movie. Have you heard anything about that? Oh yeah, you know, it's been been talk about it for 10 years, you know. And um I just don't know if he's, you know, I think it's just a very very expensive uh which it should be. And I don't know why he's I just think something's the financing is probably what's causing it not to happen, you know? Yeah. But I don't would, know would if you... he'd be back to us. I don't know if he'd be bringing back the old characters. He might, but I think it's more a new, it'll be a whole, maybe it'll be a recreation with a younger cast. Um, look, I don't know. It's hard to do it again, isn't it? It's yeah. very hard. It was of its time. Well, I wonder how the fans would feel if Kenneth Johnson doesn't bring any of the old, uh, <laughs> the old, the old characters back. What what happened to his allegiance to you? <laughs> I don't know if he'd bring me back because, like, once again, I think there's a little bit of anger. There's a little bit of, like you said, with the fans that I went to that series. Oh. He was not part of that series. They'd yeah, completely but- forgive you if they did it right. I hope so. You know, I mean, they better get going here because we're not getting any younger, all of us. <laughs> you go to Comic-Cons. You see how people love you at the Comic-Cons. Yeah, I know. It's good. I love, I do, I do, I do, I do love it. You know, the one I did in Atlanta was actually one of my favorite. The Comic-Cons are the best. You know, they're the best. They're the ones I get a very big audience. If I do the independent, like I did one in Georgia that was just like a monster con or something. And I didn't have any, I mean, there was like no one there. It was like, it was a little depressing that one. I was next to what's her name, the witch who is the Halloween witch. She's very famous. Well, she had mm-hmm. the long black hair and the thing. Anyway, she had like shoes, literally like blocks, and I was like, uh-huh. going, you know, like three people lined up. My sister was there with me, and we're going, "Oh, this is embarrassing," <laughs> you know. <laughs> is it fun for you to see all the the cosplayers dressed as Diana and all the V characters at the Comic Cons? Yeah. I think it is, it is fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course it's like their fantasy, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic thing really. You know, I wish I lived close to America. It's just, I've been to Sweden a lot. I've done a lot of things in Sweden, um, the UK, but I don't really, um, I don't really do too many of them, but that's okay. You know? Sure. Uh, all right. We have another fan question here from Ron from barrel aged flicks. Uh, on many of your television appearances, you were constantly being complimented on your good looks. Was there ever a time that the host took it too far? I can remember an appearance on the Pat Sajak show where he basically was asking you to take your top off on live television. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> I can't remember that either. Oh, my God. Um, 
I think, you know, I was of the generation. This was before the Me Too generation. Like they, they, these women today would not put up with that, you know. <laughs> but I think I was of the generation where that was almost expected. You know, it was a very macho world. And there was a lot of things that did happen for me. I mean, thank God I was never assaulted. But I certainly had a lot of people go too far that were in power positions and um, and I was very sweet always, you know. It was always that sweetness and, oh, sorry, Mr. So-and-so, I just need to get something or I need to, you know, like that sort of thing, rather than going, you know, like slapping them and all that. I mean, I think you just put up with it. And that does a lot of damage to your psyche as you get older because you start to believe that you are not in the same power position as the people that are doing that to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could I don't want to name names, but of course you know it was a it was rife with that. Yeah. Wow. Mm. All right, Mike Zellner. How did you how did she feel when the remake when they remade or rebooted the series V? Well, I just want to say one thing: they were not going to use me in that series, and I literally flew to LA because I thought no one can play Diana but me. No one. I didn't realize that the Diana character was not going to be me, but was like another Diana. But I thought it was me. And they were looking for to Angelica Houston for that role. And so I pretended that I was in L.A. And I just flew there off my own bat and asked to see the producer. And we chatted. And he goes, oh, he said, you're much more like you look fantastic and you're so cute and interesting. And I didn't think about using you. Can you believe this? <laughs> and so in the end, I had to audition for the role and I got the role and, and it's going to happen because I went after it. I literally went after that role because I need, I just felt like I needed to be in that show. So you auditioned for a role that you basically created I know. and then they didn't give you that role because they, they're dumb. They gave me the role of Diana, but then they didn't do anything with the role, you know? Right. So it was like, you know, it was pretty painful, the whole experience. But I'm so glad that I, you know, it just goes to show in life. If you really want something and you really go after it, you just might get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jane, is there anything that I, you mentioned, you know, we've talked about some of your newer movies in the beginning of the show. Are there any, is there anything that you've done that you really want people to see that they maybe haven't seen yet? Other than, you know, we talked about Free Fall, Surrogate, the, new, the newer ones. No, I think I'm really, you know, really just excited for trim season to come out and definitely want everyone to go and see that once it gets gets out there. Because I think people are, you guys are going to be blown. Talk about scary. Oh, my <laughs> God. This is a really scary film. And, um, and I think also, you know, just excited to, um, you know, to eventually kind of, uh, get my memoir out, you know, and that's something that I'm now spending a lot of my time doing. Yeah. Great. Awesome. We look forward to that coming out. Ray, you have anything else for Jane? No, no. no other than uh, this has been absolutely fantastic chatting with you. You too. You guys are really good. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank so you, Jane. Yeah. You have a lovely kind of like light way. Of, I mean, I just love this interview. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Beautiful as ever. Uh, Plugs, where can people find you? Oh, I'm on Instagram, Jane Badler World. And I'm also on Twitter, 
which is a little more political, Jane Bauer. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm on Facebook, but not really. I mean, I just sort of, you know, I mean, I'm really most active on Instagram. All right. And TikTok. Thanks. I'm going to start a TikTok. Oh, God, that's hard. <laughs> oh yeah, tell us about your TikTok. What are you doing over on TikTok? Oh my god, every once in a while I do something, you know, like I don't know, like a dance or you know, I mean I'm trying to figure it all out. TikTok's hard, isn't it? That's that's why I just stay off the TikTok because I don't want to go on there and dance. It's just I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. Am I prostituting myself? What is this? <laughs> yeah, you're trying to figure out if it's TikTok or OnlyFans. You're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> I just put a post up on my Instagram. Literally, I had this new leopard dress, so sexy and cute. And I thought, oh, I'm just gonna—I feel so good. I'm gonna dance. So I did like this little thing of dancing and my leopard dress, and I put that up on my Instagram. And I went, "Am I like? Am I selling this? What is this?" <laughs> yeah. Well, you look good doing it, Jane. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this for us. Oh, my pleasure. I, oh, right. let me know when it's going to be on. And absolutely, yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. Okay, fantastic. All right, bye All guys. Right. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye.